Good evening. Let's call to order the Planning Commission of Monday, January 22nd, 2024, at 7 o'clock p.m. The city strongly denounces hate speech and does not tolerate disruptive behavior in our meetings. Sunnyvale prides itself on the rich diversity of our residents. Uh, we are committed to creating a culture of belonging where members of our diverse community feel included, safe, and respected. This planning commission meeting is considered a limited public forum, which means that the commission can regulate the time, place, and manner of speech to prevent our meetings from being disrupted. This protects the rights of other speakers and ensures that the commission can accomplish its business in a reasonably efficient manner. Speaker comments must be limited to the agenda item being considered by the commission for consent calendar or public hearing items. Speaker comments during oral communications must be limited to matters within the Planning Commission's authority to address generally referred to as within the Commission's subject matter jurisdiction. Uh, the presiding officer will make a determination as to whether the speaker's comment is related to an agenda item being considered by the Commission or to within a matter, matter within the subject matter jurisdiction of the Commission during oral communications. If a speaker does not comply, the presiding officer will rule the speaker out of order. The presiding officer will not rule speech out of order because the presiding officer disagrees with the content of the speaker's speech. Uh, is everything working? Can I keep going? Cool. Before we get started, I'd like to remind participants of some procedural items for this meeting. During the meeting, remote participants will remain muted when not speaking. Remarked participants have a question or comment, please use the raise hand feature. Speakers will be called upon to speak one at a time. A random order voice vote will be administered by the recording officer for each vote. Members of the public may participate in person, online, or by telephone to provide public comment. Please submit a speaker card to the recording officer in person or use the raise hand feature online to request speak. That is star nine on a telephone. Location and teleconference meeting details are available on the agenda. Captions are available to viewers accessing this meeting via Zoom. Captions can be displayed or hidden using the show captions button. Comments on matters not on the agenda must be submitted prior to the time I call the item for oral communications. Comments on agenda items must be submitted prior to the time I close the public hearing on the agenda item. Speakers are requested to keep their comments to no more than three minutes and time limits will be strictly enforced. Guidelines are posted on the city's website and on the meeting agenda. Please join me in the salute to the flag. Pledge allegiance to the flags of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Uh, recording officer, may we please have the roll call? Commissioner Howard. Commissioner Howe. Present. Commissioner Cerrone? Present. Vice Chair Iglesias? Present. Chair Pine? Present. Commissioner Shukla? Present. We have seven commissioners present. Uh, did you call Commissioner Davis? My apologies. Commissioner Davis? Press it again. Present. Press it again. Um, present. Thank you. We have seven commissioners present. Before we go to oral communications, uh, we're going to hear from acting city from the acting city attorney Rebecca Moon. 
Thank you so much. Um, so uh, it has been my great pleasure to be the attorney for the Planning Commission for uh, I think almost a decade now. And we, we've been through a lot together. Some of us were during, during remote meeting times and uh, even before that. Um, so I wanna thank all of you for being such great clients um, and such a pleasure to work with and to advise. Um, as the chair mentioned, I've been appointed the interim city attorney because uh, city attorney John Nagel retired. Um, the city will be doing a recruitment for the permanent city attorney, but that's probably going to take four or five months. So in the interim, um, I wanted to introduce you to the two very able, um, wonderful colleagues of mine who will be filling in at planning commission meetings for me. Um, to my left is Anais Martinez Aquino. She is a senior um, assistant city attorney in our office. She's worked almost eight years, um, I think, for our office. And um, to my right is Joan Borger, retired city attorney of the city of Sunnyvale. Um, so we, we brought her back uh, to help out with planning. Um, and so I just wanted to introduce them to you and let you know that you're going to be in very good hands. Thank you and welcome. We hope to not cause you too many legal headaches. <laughs> uh, with that, uh, we'll proceed with oral communications. Members of the public will now have an opportunity to address the Planning Commission on topics not listed on tonight's agenda. This section is limited to 15 minutes and may be extended or continued after the public hearings general business section of the agenda. Individuals are limited to one appearance with a maximum of up to three minutes per speaker. As stated at the beginning of the meeting, this commission meeting is considered a limited public forum and the commission can regulate the time, place, and manner of speech. Speaker comments during oral communications must be limited to matters in the planning commission's authority to address, generally referred to as in the commission's subject matter jurisdiction. If a speaker does not speak to a matter within the commission's subject matter jurisdiction, the presiding officer will rule the speaker out of order to allow the commission to conduct its business in a reasonably efficient manner and to protect the rights of other speakers. The presiding officer will not rule speech out of order because the presiding officer disagrees with the content of the speaker's speech. As a reminder of the public, please submit a speaker card to the recording officer, raise your digital hand now or dial star nine on telephone if you wish to address the planning commission. I will call upon members of the public participating in person first and the recording officer will ask remote participants to unmute their microphone when it is their turn to address the planning commission. Speakers will have three minutes to speak and the time will be displayed on the screen. I have no in-person speaker cards. Any member of the public wish to speak under oral communications? Seeing none, uh, recording officer, do you have any remote participants wishing to speak on this item? We do not, Chair. Thank you. I will go ahead and close oral communications and we'll move to the consent calendar. I'll go ahead and open public comment on consent calendar items. Members of the public wishing to address the planning commission, please submit a speaker card to the recording officer. Use the raise hand feature now or dial star nine on telephone to indicate that you wish to speak. I'll call upon members of the public participating in person first, and then the recording officer will ask remote participants to unmute their microphone when it is their turn to address the planning commission. Speakers will have three minutes to speak and the time will be displayed on the screen. I have no in-person speaker cards on consent. Is anyone else interested in speaking on a consent item for here from remote speakers? Seeing none, recording officer, do we have any remote participants wishing to speak on this item? Not at this time, Chair. Thank you. I'll close public comment. 
I'll now ask for a motion for my colleagues. Commissioner Howe. I move the consent calendar, approve the planning commission meeting minutes of January 8th, 2024. Thank you. Vice Chair Glacius. Second. Thank you. Uh, recording officer, please conduct a roll call vote in the consent calendar. Commissioner Shukla. Yes. Chair Pine. Yes. Commissioner Davis? Yes. Commissioner Howe? Yes. Commissioner Cerrone? Yes. Commissioner Howard? Yes. Vice Chair Glacius? Yes. The motion passes with seven yeses. Thank you. The chair will observe that the current system only permits five people, five microphones to be on at any given time, which is interesting for roll call votes um the that so that brings us to our public hearings general business section of the agenda as stated at the beginning of the meeting this planning commission meeting is considered a limited public forum and the commission can regulate the time place and manner of speech speaker comments during public hearing items must be limited to the agenda item being considered by the commission Speaker does not comply. The presiding officer will hold the speaker out of order to allow the commission to conduct its business in a reasonably efficient manner and to protect the rights of other speakers. The presiding officer will not rule speech out of order because the presiding officer disagrees with the content of the speaker's speech. Our first item tonight is item number 224-0208, proposed project, consider actions relating to implementation of the 2023-2031 housing element, Create a by right approval process for certain parcels within the city. A, adopt an urgency ordinance to add by right approvals to the Sunnyvale Municipal Code, designate parcels subject to by right approval, and make re related amendments to sundry sec sections of, of Title 19. And B, introduce an ordinance to add by right approvals to the Sunnyvale Municipal Code, designate parcels subject to by right approval, make related amendments to sundry chapters of Title 19. This apply, the location is citywide. The applicant is the city of Sunnyvale. Is there a staff report? Yes, uh, good evening, Chair, uh, members of the Planning Commission. My name is George Schroeder, Principal Planner, filling in tonight for Julia Klein. Uh, so this is an implementation action from the recently adopted housing element uh, from last December. Uh, so these are for specified sites that are listed in the ordinance. There is no new zoning designation that we are pursuing. Um, but just a little background, uh, as the sixth cycle, which is the last, the current uh, housing element and Moffitt Park specific plan were both adopted after the state's deadline of January 31st, 2023. Uh, the state law requires the city to make changes to allow for a by right approval process uh, for sites from the previous fifth cycle housing element, which was 2015 to 2023. And then um, several Moffitt Park specific plan sites to meet uh, lower income units, uh, regional housing needs um, assessment arena, uh, or shortfall on, on these sites that are um, exclusively zoned for residential on uh, Moffitt Park specific plan. And these sites are those that are greater than one half acre and less than 10 acres. 
Um, also, the by right approval is already allowed by state law for supportive housing and lower barrier navigation centers um, in multifamily zones and where mixed uses are permitted. Um, this will be clarified in a, in a future code update. Um, but the ordinance does include a ministerial approval process for those types of uh, developments and also uh, for projects that are on these specific sites, uh, as long as at least 20% of units are affordable to lower income households uh, and the projects do not include a subdivision. So these would likely be rental housing projects. Um, also, the, the law allows for a CEQA exemption. So these projects would not be subject to the California Environmental Quality Act. And uh, the review process for uh, for developments on these sites would, would follow our standard review uh, with uh, internal staff review, um, making sure the projects conform to our objective design standards and other development standards that would apply. Uh, there would be no he no hearing. This would be purely a ministerial uh, permit that's uh, approved by the Director of Community Development. And this would only be appealable uh, by the, the project applicant or property owner to the Planning Commission. So the, the actions involve an urgency and a, a regular or formal ordinance uh, to create a new chapter for the by right approvals that list out the specific sites in question and also amend several municipal code chapters to ensure internal consistency. Uh, so the ur urgency ordinance would be um, effective on the city council hearing date, which is next Tuesday, uh, January 30th. And that goes into effect for 45 days, which takes us to March 15th. And then the formal ordinance is effective 30 days after the second reading of the city council hearing, which would be February 6th. So the formal ordinance will be effective March 7th. And um, by these taking these actions, it would make uh, the by right provision um, effective January 30th in accordance with the state deadline and the um, state law. Um, we will also be doing a, a modification to the fee schedule to create a new fee for um, for this review process, uh, along with other changes. Um, if if the city does not adopt the by right approval process, there are numerous state penalties that uh, the state housing and community development department um, would impose, which would could entail finding our housing amount out of compliance disqualifying the city from grant funding opportunities, and then making the city vulnerable to various lawsuits, other builders remedy projects, and then losing control over land use and, and permitting decisions. Um, so we go to the next slide, please. Uh, so to touch upon the, the first category of, of sites, uh, so these are sites from the, the previous fifth cycle inventory, and they must be designated for by right um, in order to be included in this current six cycle housing element. I can go back to the previous. Okay, um, so these sites are, are located in specific plans. Uh, next slide. And uh, specific plans and then high density or R4 sites there are about 55 sites and they're clustered in about 19 locations. So most of these sites are just little parcels and, you know, forming together one, one site, if you will. Um, so all of these would accommodate about 1,350 units and that would help meet our arena numbers. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, so these are the Moffitt Park specific plan sites. Um, 
and and these uh, are, are arena numbers for lower income units. It relied heavily on the the Moffitt Park specific plan, but that wasn't adopted by January thirty first, twenty twenty three. That was in in June of of last year. Uh, so we have to um, select Moffitt Park sites to uh, to make up the shortfall of uh, one thousand five hundred thirty five units. So uh, the sites were identified to meet the, the state criteria of, of residential only zoning. And we also uh, selected the sites that are located near transit to um, uh, you know, further reduce uh, reliance on, on uh, uh, single use automobiles. So altogether, these sites, uh, six sites that equated to about 1700 units, which is a surplus over uh, the state mandated uh, number of 1535 units. And um, this was acknowledged in the, the recent housing element as part of the implementation program to um, do the by right approval process for the Moffitt Park specific plant sites. Uh, next slide. So this, this is a snapshot of the, the sites in the northern part of the city. So the, the NP sites are all the Moffitt Park specific plan sites. Um, many of them are, are clustered near light rail stations and uh you know have the uh the residential only uh designation and sites that are selected outside of you know some of the, the major uh circulation improvement areas within the plan um and then also there's a few sites um near 237 that are part of the last last cycle inventory um on, on also near um light rail on um, tasman and, and fair oaks uh, next slide, please. And then these show all the other sites that are part of the the last uh, the last cycles um, uh, sites inventory list. So many are along uh, El Camino Real. There's uh, also many in the downtown specific plan, a few in in Lawrence Station, and then we also have some of the the loot sites that are just the R four sites, and those are along Sunnyvale, Saratoga, Remington. So there are pretty uh, near some of the El Camino Real sites. Next slide. Uh, so the alternatives to consider would be to uh, adopt the urgency and regular ordinances uh, for the by right approval process and find that the action is exempt from California Environmental Quality Act. Uh, second alternative would be to adopt the ordinances with modifications. And third would be not to adopt the ordinances. And uh, staff recommends alternative one, which would be to adopt the urgency, uh, recommend to the city council to adopt the urgency and regular ordinances uh, related to the by right approval process. And that concludes the staff presentation. We're available for any questions. Thank you. And uh, reminder to my colleague to colleagues to press the button, to press the raise hand button, I guess, to indicate that you wish to speak. Uh, the button on your comp microphone comms device uh first up is commissioner cerrone uh thank you chair uh just a, a couple of questions about uh kind of setting expectations so what happens if we don't approve this tonight or we decide well we, we don't know about uh one of these sites or something if we want to change something uh do we have any discretion here that does not violate state law or undo the housing element? I, I think the only discretion would be the Moffitt Park sites. 
but the other sites, those are, are carryovers from the last cycle. We, we have to approve those by ride. But um, uh, so I think that's the only modification that could be made. Um, but otherwise, the, the state says we have to adopt this by January 31st, um, not giving us much, much leeway over. Plenty of time. Uh, yes. Um, so I, uh, apparently the city council requires a super majority for the urgency ordinance, but since we're just making recommendations, we only need a simple majority, right? Yes. Uh, what does the council, does the council need two thirds or I think I see five fifths. What is it? Four fifths. What is that? Four fifths? Mm -hmm. The seven council members. Yes. So I think it rounds up to six out of seven, but I'm or rounds down to probably five out of seven. Yes. So it'd, it'd be six six council members, uh, affirmative votes. Okay, but we just need a simple majority. Uh okay. Uh so uh, you mentioned Moffat Park, and Moffat Park is kind of in flux. I mean, a lot of these sites uh, don't don't have anything on them. Is there any provision later that you can uh, swap the by right sites if, uh, as long as the numbers are the same, that you can change one to another? Because these are. I believe we probably could. Um, we would have to go through an ordinance update to change the designated sites, and again, just make sure the unit count stayed the same. But the uh, so the housing element would, you know, accept that as long as the numbers were the same. We'd have to coordinate with HCD. It just depends if they've certified the housing element by that point. And I think maybe you answered that. So. Uh, but the other, the non Moffat Park ones, you said there's no flex flexibility because that was our, that was in, uh, uh, what did you call it, cycle five or so those cannot be changed, right? That's correct. Yes. Cause they're, those were identified in the last, last housing elements, uh, size inventory list. And I had a question about the noticing. I'm just wondering, uh, if, all the sites, all these sites do, uh, do you feel like the people affected by all of these sites would, uh, are, are aware of it? Well, it, as part of tonight's action and for the council next week, we uh, sent notices to all the property owners of these sites and then also to neighboring property owners and tenants within 300 feet of these sites. So the, the immediately adjacent um, neighbors and then Possibly some outside of that would are aware of what's um, what's happening in the next next couple of weeks here. And uh, when did that happen? Uh, that was uh, we they they got to people ten days before the the hearing tonight. And then we also sent out an email blast to all of our interested parties uh, for the housing element. Okay, I'm not sure. I always open my mail within ten days, but. Uh... We'll find out later, I guess. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Next up is Commissioner Davis. Okay, I don't have to push button. Uh, I have to push the button, which is going to which is going to take some getting used to. So, <laughs> I just figured out the last system. Uh, so I had a question uh, about the numbers. Um, 
looking through the details, I see there's a shortfall of 1535, um, or, but we're going above 1535. We're providing a surplus uh, to what's required. Um, okay, I agree with that. Uh, so it's, what is the surplus then? It's about 168 units. And that was just a matter of, of selecting the sites somewhere for large enough that they just kind of put us over the number. So we have about 168 unit surplus. Okay. And just in general, what does, what does buy right get a property developer? What, what do they get to skip? Um, skip the hearings, skip uh, outreach meetings, study sessions. So it's, it's a much more CEQA as well. So it's, okay. it's a much more streamlined process. It's, I kind of uh, say it's similar to how we treat the the dual urban opportunity housing developments, which are quote unquote SB nine mm -hmm. projects, where uh, those are a ministerial process uh, exempt from CEQA, and there you just the an applicant will just work with staff um, on the review process. It will be kind of the regular review where we have all the different departments review the project, and then we apply our objective standards uh, to the project, have conditions of approval as well. Okay, and there's no rules they get to skip or anything. Everything that we have, we've passed and published, they still have to comply. That's correct. With. So they have to meet all of our uh, prescribed standards, pay all specified impact fees. Um, so it's it's really the uh, the community review process and the, the planning commission. It's that's okay. And CEQA, that's not part of the review. Okay, thank you. I'm I'm. That's what I understood. I'm glad I understood it correctly. Uh, one, so how much faster would this go then? Is this six months faster in general, a year faster? It, it could be. I mean, okay. it's uh, the, the CEQA process takes takes a bit of time. Um, and then there's just several process steps that add, add time to it. So it's, it's really a ministerial uh, review. So it, it cuts out several months, I would say. Okay. And... Just one final thing, if they ask for any exceptions, then they just get kicked back into our normal process with community review. I think we're we're gonna research that real real quick, but okay. um, but yeah, I mean it's yeah. essentially I mean, I don't think they would be able to to vary from the from the standards because the way we have it prescribed in our code, um, you know, any variances would have to go through a, through a hearing, and uh, same with uh, you know deviation. So it basically would have to meet all of our standard requirements, and then um, also not be involving a subdivision as well. So it doesn't involve any um, tentative or parcel maps, which usually would involve a hearing. Uh, okay, thank you. Um, that's pretty much how I expected it to to be. So, thank you. That's all I have. Thank you. Next up is Commissioner Shukla. Thank you, Chair. Um, I had a, I know. I mean, my fellow commissioners asked a lot of questions, but um, so I have. So I'm going to repeat again that the. Uh, so that means like by right meaning, not just the projects which are underway, but which will be future projects on these sites. That's correct. Yeah. And so so all the procedures which we do now are gone. Community participation, meaning that the neighbors will, if they have want to say something, uh, are they be able to have some platform where they can say things or like just 
just talk about it or something? I mean, they could always communicate with the project planner and we can communicate any concerns to the developer, but we wouldn't be required to enforce any of any of these things. It would really just be if the developer is, is wanting to voluntarily uh, incorporate any requests for, for changes from the neighbors in their project. Um, but we would just have to hold the projects to our, our development standards. And as long as they're meeting them, we're we're uh, required to to approve the projects. So if uh, the developers doesn't understand the objective standards, um, do you think plan your staff will be able to have enough capabilities to explain and everything? Because right now they go through many, many processes and they come to planning commission and sometimes they don't understand. I mean, I think there are new, there are small new developers. They don't understand. So what are the other platforms? I mean, I know these are these are done for the faster mm -hmm. processes, but is there a way that like they can, there is a like group, uh, I mean, we can reinforce something that they can have to go on the website and maybe put certain information. Because I feel that, I mean, it's a good, but there are, there are danger, uh, like there's a danger involved of the things either they don't understand or, it didn't go through like three different processes. So I'm just kind of um, think that like, is that possible that we develop something? Some pro It's not a procedure, but it's almost like putting some information on the web or on the platform where, so everybody can go there, check it out. And, you know, I mean, it's just the democratic way to like, just have your opinion or process, process voice. So, I mean, we won't say that. I mean, we don't know which one came, which one didn't come. So like, for example, the one project was appealed and it went directly to city council. So, I mean, we had to, um, I mean, it was a surprise to me because if we didn't hear the city council meeting, it's gone. So I don't know. I feel that it's a good thing, but at the same time, it's good to have, it's not control, but it's just openness. So people can write there or like review it or just put it there. And maybe it's not a hurdle for the time. I don't know, these are mine. I mean, I, I will definitely approve it, but I mean, these are, I'm just saying it. So uh, maybe there is some kind of a step which comes in the way that still uh, be, you know, open to public and open to planning commission. Anyway, thank you. Um, yeah, uh, de definitely note your, your comments. Um, I would say that the, the project planner works very extensively with the applicant to make sure that they, they understand the requirements. We also have our you know, newly updated objective design standards. Uh, they're available and they're a little more user-friendly than some of the previous design guideline documents and um, you know, have associated images to help explain some of the objective standards. Um, and we also have um, many brochures throughout our website that helps to explain some of the more complicated requirements, such as like parking lot shading. Um, but yes, I mean, the, the staff will review the project and then just work with the applicant to make sure they, they get it right before we kind of move the project forward. Uh, so that's just something we, we do already in our, our standard review process. And, you know, uh, we're just trying to make updates as we go along to make things uh, more understandable and streamlined. So. Uh, def definitely appreciate those comments. Thank you. Next up is Vice Chair Glacius. Thank you, Chair. Um, I think that Commissioner Schuchel had a great point and it kind of stirred my thoughts because um, if 
what in give a little bit of context if what I'm seeing is it looks like it'd be a lot of movement that would come to the effectively to the planning department. And is it going to introduce risk to the community of Sunnyvale and its residents? If this is ministerial, is there certain expectations if something's submitted that, that there's a limit for the planning department to review it? And then if it's not, if it doesn't meet that deadline, it's automatically approved. Because that's been, in the past, that's there have been cases like that when it's ministerial. Um, well, we have, we, we would still be uh, subject to the Permit Streamlining Act to make sure that we review projects within those timelines. Um, but there were really, aside from the, the deadline of the end of this month to get this done, uh, there's there's no specified deadlines that we would have for the, the projects um, aside from the Permit Streamlining Act. So we would just, you know, work with applicants to um, on the review and they might have a few resubmittals until it's ready to be approved. Um, but we for each review, we, we have to specify what's what's not being met and why. And um, we, we try to give them options for for compliance with uh, the standards. OK, and, and the reason why I asked is because in it would look like there could be a flood of opportunities, which would be good for the community. Um, and I know it's not this commission's remit at all to to comment on operations for the city, but just really asking the question and begging the question of whether or not there that the planning department would be resourced efficiently if there well, you know if, if this is approved and it's not carte blanche, but it's it encourages growth. So then, ideally, people do want to grow, and then the question is, can the city actually respond? And so that's really just just making sure that. That, that, that we're being thoughtful to ensure that there is sufficient resourcing so that, that things are abided by. Thank you. Yes, uh, of course, we, um, we will be doing that. We're adopting uh, a new uh, fee for the by right approvals to kind of address that issue because we didn't have one in place at this point. Um, that'll be going in February, I think, to city council. Um, and just keep in mind, too, these projects will end up having to do 20% affordable. So that might kind of limit how fast these kind of come in. Um, so we probably can manage the workload and, you know, we always can bring on uh, some additional staff to help out if we need to. Thank you. Uh, and most of my questions have already been asked, but I'll just uh, dialing in on a couple things. Uh, first of all, just just for at the benefit of the public, can you confirm that we're not actually rezoning anything tonight, that all of these sites are have already been zoned for what they can get from a by right approval? And this is just a and this is just a streamlining process. This isn't this isn't an up zone. This isn't a zoning revision, et cetera. That's right. So we, we are creating a new chapter that lists out these sites specifically with their addresses and, and APNs. And uh, we'll also have maps that show the, the specific sites, but we're not creating any new zoning designations. It's it's really just this new chapter that um, calls out these sites because it just would be a little complicated by adding a new zoning designation to the existing zoning designations, which are already pretty jumbled. Yeah, no, I I honestly would have a problem would probably have a problem with that because it would look like we've kind of spot would be adding spot a spot designation to a bunch of scattered sites. And that would be very, I agree, that would be confusing. Uh, the other, the other, the one other thing I want to ask, and this is just, just because I noticed this and kind of wanted to flag it is, uh, when we talk about existing objective standards, that includes, that includes the Moffat Park diagonal, right? Because I noticed MP12 was on the diagonal. 
Yes. So all the, the requirements that are specified in the specific plans and um, all other requirements that would apply to any of these sites. So it doesn't get any of the any of these sites out of the requirements. They they still would have to comply. It just it just doesn't have to be um, reviewed in like a, a public forum uh, like this. Yep. And as you mentioned to, with in response to Commissioner Davis, if they want a deviation or something, they'd still have to go through the but they that would not be by right. They'd still have to go through the process for that. So so uh that's what I had. Uh next is Commissioner Howard. Uh, thank you, Chair. Just a quick question. Just a quick clarification. So, like, say I'm a I'm the property owner, and this change comes through. Now I can buy right if I do twenty percent affordable. But let's say I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to go twenty percent affordable. I still have the existing process open to me. It's twelve and a half percent, I think. And then you have to deal with the planning commission or whatever. That's that's right. So um, it's it's fifteen percent both for for rental and in the subdivision. So if someone did not want to commit to the the twenty percent uh, low income, or if or if they want to do like a subdivision, like a townhome or condo project, then yeah, they would just follow our regular process. Would go to the planning commission. Excellent. Review. Thank you very much, Stu. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Stroni. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I just had a. You mentioned a fee for buy right, which kind of surprised me. Could that fee be, you know, ten million dollars? <laughs> no, actually, um, what we've adopted is we have our special development permit fee and our plan review fee. Um, those apply typically to residential projects or mixed use projects. We took that fee and basically knocked it down about 10%. So it's 90% of that value to accommodate, um, you know, dealing with CEQA, staff reports, going to public meetings. So we try to reduce that fee. And then we still apply the public works fee because they'll have to review the civil drawings and cover their staff time. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Shukla. Thank you. Just a quick question. The park fees will be charged to them? Still be? Yes, yes, all of the, the standard impact fees would still apply. Even though we don't want to build park, still we will I mean, open space or park. I mean, so we will still charge them that. Uh, yes, if if they don't provide park space on their site, yes. Thank you, Vice Chair Glasses. Thank you, Chair. Uh, just an observation: as I was looking at the map again, specifically for the uh, for the um, Moffitt Park portion, um, I was recollecting that I believe that area was also had been identified as a lower income or disadvantaged area. Um, and so then kind of what is the city's approach to thinking through, is that going to exacerbate a challenge that's in that area? And are we going to plan on uh, having additional support in that area? Um, I believe that the only reason really why that area was identified as a disadvantaged area was partly because of Elviso and that landmass was actually getting um, put into Moffat Park. So that's what was pulling the numbers down. Okay. So it's really it's really not a disadvantaged area just because it's all office space. We don't have residential out there yet. Okay. Thank you. And I believe that's it for commissioner questions. So I'm just going to ask a question, which I believe is a very silly question, but just to make sure all our eyes are dotted and T's are crossed. Usually when there's an applicant, we would give them 10 minutes at the beginning of the public hearing. Technically, this is a project with an applicant, but the applicant is the city. Can I assume that we do not need a 10-minute applicant presentation from the city at the beginning of the public hearing? That is correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. In that case, I'll go ahead and open. 
open the public hearing on this specific item. Members of the public wishing to address the Planning Commission, please submit a speaker card to the recording officer. Use the raise hand feature now or dial star nine on a telephone to indicate that you wish to speak. I'll call upon members of the public participating in person first, and then the recording officer will ask remote participants to unmute when it is their turn to address the Planning Commission. Speakers will have three minutes to speak and the time will be displayed on the screen. I have no in-person speaker cards. Anyone interested in speaking on this agenda item for here from remote speakers? Seeing and hearing none, or recording officer, do we have any remote participants wishing to speak on this item? We do not, Chair. Thank you. I'll go ahead and close the public hearing. Uh, I will now ask for a discussion or a motion from my colleagues. Commissioner Howe. Excuse me, thank you. Unless somebody has another comment, I'll make a motion. Go right ahead. I recommend that the city council take the following actions and I'll just read it briefly. Take, find that the action is exempt from CEQA, adopt the urgency ordinance in B and C, introduce an ordinance as in attachment three to add by right approvals. Thank you. Commissioner Davis. I second the motion. Thank you. Commissioner Howe. Yeah, just briefly. <clears throat> It's something that the city really um, has to do to keep our um, safe rest of the city, in my opinion. Um, the state will step in and um, do the approvals for us. And so I don't think we have much of a choice on this motion. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Vice Chair Davis, uh, you'll have to raise your hand again if you want to speak to your second. <laughs> Uh, Commissioner Davis, my too much right now. Data right now. No, no worries. Uh, uh, yeah, so I agree with Commissioner Howell. Um, we need to pass this. The the consequences of not passing it are too great. Uh, but we should stress that we're not setting aside any rules. Uh, everything that we have passed uh, that has been deliberated in public, uh, read multiple times in public, all of those still apply uh, and they're not getting any cuts on fees or, or anything else like that. So, uh, you know, if, if you don't like the rules, you should be appealing the rules, not the actual application of them. Uh, and I'll leave it there. Thank you. Commissioner Cerrone. Well, uh, I'll be supporting the motion because we, it's the only rational choice we have. Uh, uh, unfortunately, because of the timing and everything, uh, there, there isn't anything else we can do that makes sense. I don't feel like this is really the commission having uh, any oversight or review uh, of this, uh, but uh, so I'll be uh, supporting the motion. Thank you. And, and I'll be supporting the motion. Uh, I agree with what's been said. We don't have much of a choice on this, but I would also add that a that, as Commissioner Davis said, uh, all of these projects will have to conform to our existing policies, our object existing objective standards. We're not, we're not, and frankly, if you are complying with the rules, you should be able to build your project. That's that is how we've traditionally done it in Sunnyvale. That is how we should. That is how we should be doing it. And the other thing I'd add is there is a 20% affordability requirement here. I honestly don't super expect this to be used that often because that is a fairly high affordability requirement that a lot of projects would have will have difficulty meeting. If we do get projects that meet it, 
honestly, that's great. We need more projects with 20% or higher affordability. Like I, I'm very happy to see those projects get streamlined because that's the kind of housing we very much need in our city. Uh, that being said, the finances are tricky, particularly in this market. And I, so while I hope it happens, I don't have the highest expectations that it will, frankly, but hopefully I am wrong about that. Uh, with that, Commissioner Shukla. Thank you. I, I almost wanted to, I mean, even though I don't have any comments, but I, I'll be supporting the motion. Um, and I hope the timeline, I mean, I, I know I didn't ask question about the timeline that the 20% affordability and if they continue the project for like five years, 10 years, I mean, it's just, the, I don't know. I'm sure it's there probably part of the application form. Um, so, but anyway, these are just, um, you know, the, the questions I had, but anyway, I'll be supporting the motion. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, with that, uh, recording officer, please conduct a roll call vote. Commissioner Cerrone. Yes. Chair Pond. Yes. Yes. Commissioner Howe. Yes. Commissioner Davis. Yes. Vice Chair Iglesias. Yes. Commissioner Howard. Yes. Commissioner Shukla. Yes. The motion passes with seven yeses. Thank you. Uh, okay, our next item is item number three to file 24-0139, proposed project forward recommendations to the city council related to the general plan update to A, Adopt a resolution to amend Chapter 3, Land Use and Transportation Element, to update Figure 3-2 and add clarifications in the Village Center section regarding the commercial floor area calculations. And B, find the proposed amendments are consistent with the LUT EIR and do not require additional environmental review prior, pursuant to CEQA Guidelines Section 15183 and 15162. Uh, is there a staff report? Uh, good evening, Chair. Uh, just a oral presentation for you. Um, as you mentioned, uh, these will be some amendments to the land use and transportation element, specifically to the village center uh, section and discussion. Uh, there had been some uh, clarification that needed to occur regarding how we calculated the commercial floor area ratio requirement. Um, there was some wording within the uh, land use and transportation element that wasn't quite clear. Part of it referred to the site, and then part of it was the entire site. And we just wanted to make sure that it was clear that the commercial requirement was based on the entire village center site uh, for that corner that it's located on. Uh, we've had a few instances where um, it tries to get parcelized a little bit, and then they try to base the commercial square footage on that smaller component. And some of this might be occurring in areas where we really need to have the commercial located otherwise we're going to have you know food deserts and uh, a lack of services and that type of thing for some of these areas that was the main one and then the other component was uh, figure 3-2 was just a clarification on the calculation of industrial office and commercial square footage uh, for the horizon 30 2035 build out plus the general plan um, it just needed to be clarified to address uh, the moffett park specific plan accurately. So um, it went from 59.2 to 67.2. And that concludes staff's presentation. Thank you. My, my colleagues to use the 
button on your device to request to speak. Uh, Commissioner Cerrone. Uh, thanks, Chair. Um, so uh, did we uh, not increase the average village center density to 30 dwelling units per acre? It's still 18? Correct. That has not occurred yet. That's one of the implementation programs in the housing element. Uh, what's the impact on projects already proposed, so, such as on, uh, let's say, Duane or Lakewood Village Centers? Uh, we will work with the applicants uh, to get as much commercial square footage as we can. And again, the minimum is 10%, um, which is a little low. Um, but, you know, that's what we have in the land use and transportation element. So we that's what we have to work with. So, um, okay. Uh, so you're saying you're re you're really clarifying the requirement, not changing it. Correct. Um, how do you uh, how do you define entire site in this context? And you know, as an example, uh, Fremont Corners, which is a done deal, but they divided it into two projects, for example. And then there's a fitness center in the middle, and uh, there's you know the the that there's other you know things across the street what, what is the entire site mean in, in an example like that and i realize that is a done deal but just as an example correct that one uh it's kind of a done deal um but the entire site would have included everything from the eastern side of that property all the way over to sunnyvale saratoga road in theory and that's what the commercial square footage would have been based off of yeah the fitness center as well yeah even though they don't own that okay correct and uh i think it's interesting if it's 10 percent uh you know uh but we normally uh intend or think of uh retail on the bottom floor uh so but it's not required to be on the bottom floor it's not. Applicants have the choice to do vertical or horizontal mixed use. Um, I think the challenge has been with the density because it's only 18 dwelling units per acre. Yeah. We end up with horizontal mixed use and, and limited commercial at this point. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and this doesn't affect the housing element, right? Uh, other than kind of indirectly through. Correct. Um, it just helps the city actually just get the support it needs for some of these areas where these village centers are located at. And then, as I mentioned, um, we'll go back and do the look at the upzoning um, for some of the other village centers a little bit later. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And yeah, and I was going to say this does not foreclose this does not foreclose us considering more significant changes to the village centers shortly down the road. Yes, yeah, so when we come through with that implementation program, we can take a look at it. Cool. Um, just one other question. Uh, based on what was just said, since the minimum commercial components are applied to the entire site, could this lead to a kind of weird scenario where I'm just thinking about what happened at Fremont Corners? Let's say where you've got somebody that controls part of the site and they redevelop first and they underbuild commercial and relying on existing commercial that's in the other portion of the site. So then later, so we say, and tell me if I'm barking up the wrong tree on this, but so we say, okay, we still met 10% of the entire site. It's good. 
Uh, so when now, now the other property owner comes and wants to redevelop their site, would they be basically be boxed into a higher commercial percentage than if the other owner had wanted to had done it differently? Um, well, I'm hoping that scenario doesn't happen, <laughs> um, but I, I think we would uh, work with the applicants to try to get the at least the 10% minimum uh, for the entire site. Granted, a lot of these village centers aren't really broken up by different property owners so much. Usually they're under one ownership. Fremont Corners is a little unique because yeah. the 24-hour fitness was under uh, different ownership, but a lot of the other ones are under one. So I think in those cases, it would be easier to work with them. Um, and get the 10% up to 25% for the entire site. Uh, so I guess my other question is, by site, how do we treat the one, like, how do we treat the village center locations that are like on on corners of, to, on intersections? Like, I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking of like the Fremont and Mary one is the, site we had considered to be one site or would we be looking at all four corners as one site each corner would be its own site okay so base that square footage off of that okay because i think we've called it in the past village center number x where x was the entire was all four corners we have yeah okay that clear that okay because i know fremont corners is a bit unique but like just but like something like fremont and mary where there are things at all four corners i would not that does not strike me as particularly unique so knowing that each site each corner is its own site makes things a lot clearer thank you i have no other questions so i'll go to the public so i will go ahead and open the public hearing on this item members of the public wishing to address the planning commission please submit a speaker card to the recording officer use the raise hand feature now or dial star nine on telephone to indicate that you wish to speak i'll call upon members of the public participating in person first and the recording officer will ask remote participants to unmute what is your turn to address the planning commission seekers will have three minutes to speak and the time will be displayed on the screen i have no in-person speakers uh, recording officer, do we have any remote participants wishing to speak on this item? Not at this time, Chair. Thank you. I'll go ahead and close the public hearing and I'll ask for discussion or a motion from my colleagues. Commissioner Howe. Uh, sorry. I'd make a motion unless um, somebody has a comment that they want to make. Please proceed. I move the staff recommendation to take the following actions, adopt a resolution, attachment two, and find that the proposed amendments are not a substantial change to the loop. Thank you. Vice, uh, Vice Chair Glacius. Second. Thank you. Commissioner Howe, your motion? Yeah, just briefly. <clears throat> Sometimes when you dash through things real quick, you have to go back and change them um, fairly quickly. And I think that this is a good change to that um, original plan. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Vice Chair, did you want to? No additional comments. Thank you. Commissioner Howard. Uh, thank you, Chair. I will support the motion. I just wanted to briefly note in figure 3-2, I remember when we were uh, working on the loop back in 2017, when I first joined the Planning Commission, I was really intimidated. There was a big brouhaha over the jobs to housing units ratio. And I noticed that the jobs to housing ratio, since we've worked on it, it, it for as in 2035 has gone up. And I'm sure somebody has noticed that. But what I what I did find gratifying is that our policies reflected in figure 3.2 were projecting to go from 2019.39 housing units per population to 2035. We're, we're going to have 
or five housing units per pop population. It's not a huge difference in number, but it's a number that's going in the right way. It's more housing units per population. And I just, I'm glad to see that. So thank you. Thank you. And I'll be supporting the motion. I think this is a fairly obvious fix. Um, with that, uh, recording officer, please conduct a roll call vote. Commissioner Howard. Yes. Commissioner Howe. Yes. Vice Chair Iglesias. Yes. Commissioner Shukla. Yes. Commissioner Davis. Yes. Chair Pine. Yes. Commissioner Cerrone. Yes. The motion passes with seven yeses. Thank you. Uh, that brings us to our final public hearing item tonight, which is item number four, 25-0176, Selection and Ranking of Potential 2024 Study Issues. Sarah Staff Presentation. Actually, just an oral presentation for you, uh, commissioners, tonight. Um, we have eight uh, study issues that we wanted to go over and have the commission rank. Um, if Joey can bring up the uh, ranking sheet. I'm hoping the commissioners all had a chance to take a look at the different items. Um, I'll just kind of go over them briefly. Um, we had CDD 2205, which dealt with undergrounding utilities. Um, that actually came out of Fremont Corners. Um, we had CDD 2302, um, which is uh, rezoning for legal nonconforming single and two-family dwellings. Um, we did some fixes in the code about a year ago um, that dealt with the legal nonconforming component, but this would do some um, amendments to the general plan. Uh, we have CD 2304, um, that is to look at art and private development for residential uh, developments, including affordable housing. Uh, we have CDD 2402, which is a creation of dark sky ordinance uh, for private property. We have CD 2404, which is a Perry Park specific plan amendment for the area east of Matilda Avenue. And then uh, CD 2405, which is review and evaluate appeal fees and processes. And then ESD 2401, which is evaluate the use of artificial turf versus living ground cover. And then ESD 2402, which is evaluate adopting transit supportive policies for Sunnyvale. And if I may ask the chair um, which way you would prefer to do the ranking, we can do it by each commission member, or we can do it by the study issue item and go through the, the commission. Uh, I suspect it will be easier to do it by commissioner because I think trying to rotate everybody is going to be seven or through eight different study issues is going to end up causing technical overhead that we don't need. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, would you like me to go ahead and just read through them then to start with the chair? Uh, I know because A, we have to have a public hearing on it. Thanks. Second, we have to take motions to drop or defer. Okay. Uh, and the question I was going to have first, actually, before we did any of that was, could you clarify, because I know this gets a little confusing every year, could you clarify what we are permitted to do in terms of recommendation to the asterisk issues? It's uh, always a good question. Don't believe they can be dropped or deferred, so we'd have to rank them at some level. Uh, ones that do not have an asterisk, uh, those are the ones you can drop or defer. Right, because I know we, because like, I know, yes, because, but we can, 
Because for the other ones, we can recommend that they be dropped and deferred. And for the ones that we don't own, we can't force council to do that. But like we we could do like if we wanted to like drop like as opposed to the one and there is one and I believe I, be, I want to say 24-02 is the only one we actually own. So Sure. Yeah, I think you had it correct, Chair Pine. You just we can't drop the ones with the asterisk. Right. And like we cannot tech and like the only one we could as a commission just drop at this time, just drop and it wouldn't even go to council, would be 24-02 because we can Correct me if every anything I'm saying is wrong. For dash zero two, because that is our study issue as the planning commissions. But we could recommend that council drop or defer one of the other study issues, even though we don't actually own it. Am I correct in saying that? I we do this once a year, and I will confess that I don't always remember exactly how we do it. It's a good question. Does anybody have a good answer for me? <laughs> Give me one second, Chair. All I'm right. sorry. I will just say for the record that unless somebody makes a very compelling argument, I do not intend to support dropping 24-02. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think Terry, you're you're correct. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Uh Commissioner Cerrone, did you have a question? Uh I just want to clarify. So we're ranking, you know, the CDD uh issues against each other and the ESD issues against each other. So each of those may have a, a rank of one, right? Each group. No, I think you just rank them one through one through eight. Uh, oh, okay. The commission ranking and the council's ranking process are two different things. Apparently, yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Shukla. Can we just rank, oh, can we just rank three, one, two, three, and not everything? Because it doesn't make sense. Like, if we rank one, two, three, that's it. Like, because then the it will come, I don't know, we have to rank all of them. You have to rank all of them, um, and it's going to be the one that gets the lowest number is the the one that gets the highest ranking. So it's kind of, oh. it's a little, it's the opposite of getting the most. I would, okay. <laughs> I would suggest that if there's one you really don't want to rank, you make a motion to recommend that it be dropped or deferred, and then we would not have to rank it. But before we take motions, uh, I will go ahead and open the public hearing on this item. If any. Members of the public wishing to address the planning commission on our study issue ranking process. Well, on our study issue rankings, please submit a speaker card to the recording officer. Use the raise hand feature now or dial star nine on telephone to indicate that you wish to speak. I will call upon members of the public participating in person first, and the recording officer will ask remote participants to unmute when it is their turn to address the planning commission. Speakers will have three minutes to speak, and the timer will be displayed on the screen. I have no in-person speakers. Recording officer, do we have any remote participants wishing to speak on this item? Yes, Chair, we have three hands raised at the moment. I'll go ahead and allow 
Andrea Wald, the floor to speak first. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Oh, wonderful. Um, so, dear commissioners, my name is Andrea Wald, longtime Sunnyvale resident and member of Community for Natural Place Surfaces. Thank you for the opportunity to address you this evening. I would like to strongly advocate for ESD 2401, evaluate the use of artificial turf versus living ground cover. This study issue is needed because the city will not move on a ban or even a requested moratorium until a study issue has been done. At the city council meeting where the Lakewood Park upgrade was voted on, the council members unanimously voted to stay with natural grass and not change the park into a sports field covered with artificial turf, toxic plastic. Most of the reasons for their decisions were based upon the negatives of artificial turf for the environment and for the health and safety of all. Two city council members actually requested at the same time to pass a ban on artificial turf within the city. There are already several cities throughout the country, um, actually places throughout the world that are beginning to realize the damage AT is causing and to ban it. In the Bay Area, the city of Millbrae has already passed a ban on artificial turf. There's also been a ban put in place in San Marino in LA County. I would love for Sunnyvale to do the same, but several council members need, still need to be convinced of how, about how bad it is. A study issue would certainly do that. Please do all you can to ensure that the study issue is placed high on the list such that the city council will then fund it. It is the right thing to do. Sunnyvale's climate action playbook goals should be enough to convince people that artificial turf is counter to how Sunnyvale wants to address our climate environmental crisis. Thank you for the time. Thank you for taking the time to consider my request. Thank you. Next, we'll hear from Stephen Meyer. Hello. Hello. Good evening, Chair. Hello, good evening, Chair and Commissioners. Uh, thanks for your attention tonight. I would like to comment on two of these studies issues. First, I would like to echo the last speaker regarding artificial turf. Uh, there was a very good presentation at the last Sustainability Commission, and it absolutely has me convinced about the perils and problems of artificial turf. So uh, I would like to encourage you to rank that issue highly. Uh, the second one I would like to bring to your attention is 2405, which is the appeals process. Uh, we've had a few uh, nuisance appeals this year, either by community members that were not so well informed or by union members trying to obstruct the process of development, um, which have you. But the uh, appeals fee is way too low and it encourages people to uh, participate and obstruct the process of having uh, projects uh, reviewed and, and approved and eventually built. So I would like to encourage your support for both 2401 artificial turf, as well as 2405, the appeals process. Thank you very much. Thank you. And you have a question from Commissioner Howard? Did... Okay, cool. Okay, thank you then. Thank you. Next, we'll hear from Susan Hinton. Um, yes, good evening. Um, I would like to advocate for 
ESD 2401, evaluate the use of artificial turf versus living ground cover. Um, even though scientists will tell you that artificial turf pollutes waterways with microplastics and chemicals, and that um, artificial turf, which is a petroleum product in sunlight, actually emits methane and ethylene, which are greenhouse gases. And the fact that artificial turf is in fact not really recycled, but largely either repurposed or just um, put into a landfill where it again can pollute the water. Um, these are all good reasons to focus on artificial turf. There is still some confusion um, many people have heard in the past that somehow this is a water saving uh, method. Um, and in fact, it really isn't because it pollutes the water that it's trying to save. Um, also recently, the California Coastal Commission turned down the University of California at Santa Barbara's request to take their um, grass baseball field and turn it into artificial turf. And the reasons had to do with microplastics. Um, and also it came out that even though artificial turf would be use less water, it still uses water, by the way, use less water than natural grass. It needed potable water, which is to say drinking water, whereas US, uh, UCSB had been using um, reclaimed water. And uh, the Coastal Commission thought using reclaimed water was a better option. Uh, because of the continuing confusion and because of the fact that salespeople, um, just like when I buy a car, uh, the salesperson may not be forthright with me. The salespeople tend to say things that run against all of the things I just said. Um, I believe it would be uh, good for the city to hear actual independent scientists talk about this issue. Um, artificial turf is expensive. Um, and the city can do much better with natural grass and natural landscaping. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. We have no further hands raised at this time. Okay, I will go ahead and close the public hearing. And that brings it back to the dais. And I actually had uh, one other que one question for staff, actually, uh, that probably could be done later, but I'll just do it now. Um, uh, for the uh, usually after this process, there's a point in time when commission when the chair of the commission goes and advocates for the commission's ranking for a city council. Uh, should this be done? Do we want do you want this done tomorrow or at the actual study issue workshop? I believe we can do it when you want to. Um, you can go to the workshop on Thursday if you'd like, um, or you can submit something earlier if you, if you well, want. I to thought that. the workshop was. I thought the workshop was later. I thought, but tomorrow there's the public hearing. Tomorrow's a public hearing. That's right. No, it's the Thursday's the strategic the study, session. Sorry, thought. I'm getting it mixed up. Yeah, sorry, the February, is it 12th or 15th, I think is when that one is. Whatever, uh, because I know last, I'm pretty sure last year there was a request for commissioners to do the thing at the actual workshop. So I was just, I figured I'd just check that. Um, 
Okay. Uh, with that, uh, I what I like to do now is actually open the floor to any advocacy people had for study issues. Uh, Commissioner Howard. <clears throat> Thank you, Chair. I figured I'd uh, kick it off and just uh, get get some discussion going. I, I liked seeing the transit supportive policies study issue. Uh, a lot of us were at that joint session with BPAC and Sustainability Commission, and the city was pushing up the um, the 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 vehicle miles traveled. They're like, oh, we'll, we'll just have electric cars all the time, and we don't have to do reduce that, or we don't have to do any mode shift, and the. The, the sustainability commissioner is pushing back and saying, no, we, we really should work on trying to get, get people into transit. And, and this is a study issue to do that. So I, I, I like that. I'd also say I, I like the dark sky thing. It seems like a pretty low key way to just like, you know, nobody's going to lose if we try to improve our lighting standards and we'll have an overall ni uh, nicer community. Uh, and then the other thing, um, Personally, I, I I call artificial turf. I just call it plastic grass. Not a big fan. Um, and I wondered when she was when uh, Miss Hinton mentioned the Coastal Commission. I said, "Oh, we're we're getting sued by those guys because we have weird runoff going into our creeks and stuff." And then I was like, "Does bacteria grow in artificial turf?" I have no idea, but a study issue might figure that out. It might be germane to a, 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 a process the city is currently dealing with with the with the lawsuits we're dealing with runoff. So those are just some notes that I had. Thank you. Next up is Commissioner Cerrone. Uh, thanks, Chair. Yeah, ranking these is always kind of difficult. It's a combination of the uh, cost and the priority. Um, uh, for example, CDD 2302, it only affects, uh, you know, 20, what, 26 individual homes, but it seems like it should take almost no cost or effort to do it. So uh you know i i rank that one very high because of that and uh, not that it's the most important one but because the cost is very low on the other hand the cd 2404 uh so one question apparently so mixed use commercial does not allow residential right uh, uh mixed use commercial should allow residential i think the issue was some of the existing uses that are in that area and trying to get those converted all the way over to residential and not having any kind of commercial component, if I remember correctly. Uh, but you, it's, you're saying they can do that without a change or they do need it? If it's zoned mixed use commercial, they should be able to do residential. Um, so what are we doing yeah. here for this? What needs to be done? I think this was a, actually, let me look at it really quick and I can come back to you. Okay. Cause it's 350 K it's got, you know, kind of more expensive than all these put together. So uh, that's why I was curious about it. And, and earlier we just approved uh, 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 zoning or, or changes to, you know, a whole bunch of things. And um, uh, so that, that's why I was, uh, Curious, and some of these others have uh, certainly art is a you know was a good thing, and it seemed like it should be almost no cost to make that decision. And and uh, as I recall, most of the the uh, developments, granted they they've been commercial, but they you know they're spending more 
than required on the art, which is still a very small amount of money. So, um, and uh, yeah, the uh, the uh, dark sky. Uh, 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 I'll just mention that besides the birds, uh, that uh, dark sky also benefits uh, humans and saves energy. So. Um, The um, so on the other hand, the artificial turf. I think we're saying the city is not uh, does not have the resources or the capability to sufficiently evaluate the trade offs of artificial turf versus grass, and there are, there are multiple kinds of artificial turf and multiple applications. So. It seems like we're saying the city procurement can't figure that out and or they're doing it wrong. And it makes me wonder about the procurement of other other things where decisions are being made. So uh, I think that's a concern. And the CDD 2205, the undergrounding utilities, um, this definitely sounds good to uh, put it in the context of uh, the safety standards uh, because it seems like with any residential development, all the developer has to say is if there's some affordable housing component that, well, if I underground the utilities, uh, you know, I'll have to lose five uh, housing units or something and that ends the discussion. So, but as a safety issue, maybe it puts it in another category and, uh, so, uh, and uh, VMT, again, it sounds like uh, the Sustainability Commission just does not think staff is seriously pursuing VMT reduction. It doesn't sound like there's a, you know, a technical issue there, or a, it sounds like uh, they're trying to get some emphasis to it. If I may, uh, Commissioner Cerrone. So for the Perry Park component, um, it is zone mixed use commercial, but it's unique in Perry Park because it's only office and commercial. It does not allow residential. And I'm sorry for the confusion there. And the cost associated with that would be the the basically the environmental component and the update to the specific plan is why the the value is uh, in the three hundred thousand dollar range. I see. So you, what do you have to do a CEQA study? Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. All right. Thank that's, you. That's not by right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Next up is Commissioner Howe. Thank you. <clears throat> On um, the second item, CDD 2302, these 26 homes have for years had problems doing anything to their house. And it's these 26 homes are considered by the city of Sunnyvale different than every other home within the city. And they're not allowed to do much with their properties, including remodeling, et cetera. And I think we should give them a break. Thank you. Thank you. Next up is Vice Chair Glacius. Thank you, Chair. Um, I'll be quick. So to the folks who called in, I want you to know that your appeal has, it's impacted my ranking and it's increased um, artificial turf into the top three. So I want you to know, thank you for calling in. Thanks for sharing your opinion. 
um, and it's been heard. Thank you. Next up is Commissioner Shukla. Thank you. Um, I am just ranking based on certain things, like some of the items, they may not need study if the other cities do the studies and they say it's good for you. Uh, for example, like artificial turf, sky uh, sky night night sky protections. I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel that those should not be studied, but just adopted. But this is my opinion. So I'm just proposing the one which we really need for the for our city. So I mean, I do also propose art as part of the city because generally, I mean, it's um, it's completely. But I'm ranking that much higher than the other one because I'm hoping that our city just adopt certain uh, things without studying because they are they are like very obvious that that helps. Like uh, I mean, other cities have adopted sustainability features. So I'm just hoping that we do study on the issues which are a little bit difficult uh, to implement. But anyway, that's the way I have ranked. Thank you. Thank you. Next up is Commissioner Davis. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, so I agree with Commissioner Howe. Um, I, I put special priority on fixing what I would consider bugs in our code. And these people have been kind of victimized by I would call them defects in our code, um, that they've fallen through the cracks and and uh, we should fix that. Um, <clears throat> uh, reducing VMT, uh, I am all for that. I actually misread that at first, misread the study issue. I thought we were going to relax the goals on VMT the way it was written. Uh, but the 2045 greenhouse gas goals, uh, you know, when you do the math, we're looking at something like a, a 93%, 95% per capita reduction from 1990 levels of, of carbon emissions. We don't get there without reducing vehicle miles traveled. Um, and then I'll speak on artificial turf. Um, I wish I should have introduced a study issue to this. Um, I think the most important people in this city are under the age of 18. Um, our youth are more important than any last any of us in this room. And the city has been, let's say, not as good as our neighbors at supporting um, our youth in their athletic endeavors. Um, if you talk to all of the local youth athletic leagues, um, you'll hear nothing but complaints about the city. Um, I saw this firsthand as a coach and board member of Sunnyvale Metro. Um, I coached one year in Cupertino Little League, um, and the relation with the city was very different. Uh, so when I hear about artificial turf, that is always paired with the support for our youth athletics, which this is America. Um, athletics is very important for people socially. Um, having said that, yeah, uh, plastic, uh, the, the large level of plastic use that artificial turf is, is problematic. Um, we should get a better handle on this. Um, and I guess in this coming year, I'll introduce a study issue um, about youth athletics and the city support for it. Thank you. Thank you. And I would just, uh, also, I have a few comments. Uh, First of all, regarding CDD 23-02, this is one thing that frustrates me about this ranking process, honestly, because on the one hand, for the average resident of Sunnyville, that this isn't this isn't a high priority because 
it doesn't touch the average resident of Sunnyvale. But now for the 26, the residents of the 26 dwellings impacted, it's extremely important. And that, and how, and the problem is that when we're ranking study issues, there's, or when council's ranking study issues, the temptation is being like, is that you kind of want to rank the kind of, on the one hand, you kind of are like, oh, here's this one that will have a, here's this issue that'll have a major impact on the city. Here's this other issue that'll have a major impact on the city, et cetera. And you're like, oh, that should be a city priority, which makes sense. But then the way the process comes out at the end of the day, when every, when the issues get ranked by department and the city manager draws the budget line and the and if the study issue and if a study issue like 23-02, which probably and i mean i know we have budget estimates we have impact estimates and study issue payers but when saying like 23-02 that is probably a bit less of an impact than the big heavyweight affects everybody issues comes out and it ends up and it ends up oh we wanted to do that but we wanted to prioritize the big ones first and it just kind of ends up just a bit below the line and that just doesn't get done so i'm going to be considering that in my ranking just because if it if it shows up high on the ranking then we might be able to get it done and some of the big stuff. So that's something I'm considering. Uh, I have a lot going, teeing off of what Commissioner Davis said on turf versus ground cover. It is, this is kind of frustrating to me because like just from an, I have played sports on turf and there, I have a lot of complaints about playing sports on turf, most notably from, you know, turf burn from balls that just roll forever because there's no friction. And that's not touching the environmental issues. That's just that's just the I put my cleats on and I hopped on turf perspective. But like the but like the flip side of that is that if you're going to have I've also been to turn been to tournaments where I got there and it was canceled because it rained the night before. And this, and again, this was not in the city of Sunnyvale specifically, but I've been to France where I showed up, it was canceled because it had rained the night before and the people running the facility couldn't deal with that. So there is a balance that needs to be struck there. And I would prefer it to come on the side of not having turf, but I do think that does require a commitment from the city to make sure that that fields remain playable, remain usable after it rains, and you don't just have the risk of having just three months of un of unusable fields because that's that's not good for that's not good for this from the city perspective either. And I also feel honestly, to some extent, that this entire discussion is outside the scope of the planning commission. But but it's on our desk, but it's on our table, so I figure I may as well get it from here instead of from a three minute public comment at city council. Um, I'm not going to I'm not going to repeat everything else people have said but uh Commissioner Howard for a purpose. Thank you chair uh just a second round of advocacy and I'll try to keep it short. Yeah, I would say I don't really want to do a yeah. whole second round of advocacy. No, nope. uh just wanted to say thank you uh chair and other folks who've spoken for the non-conforming properties that, that adjusted my ranking. Um the, I, I, I appreciated Commissioner Shukla's advocacy for the arts, but I had a, a my own perspective was that I, I'm really concerned with adding additional costs to housing development. Um, in terms of one thing the city's done really well for arts, I really appreciate the utility box program because I, I suspect it really doesn't cost as much of anything. It gains visibility for artists and it 
it's an incentive to walk around the city and explore and just experience things. And I really love that. Uh, so I wanted to give the city credit where credit's due. We're doing good on, on arts. Uh, and I just had to bite at the three months of unplayable fields because uh, this guy grew up in Chicago. So <laughs> we just take winter for granted. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, at this time, I will entertain motions to amend, drop, or defer study issues. I can stratiate that if we need to, but if you have any motions to amend, drop, or defer study issues, please raise your hand at this time before we start ranking them. I do not see any motions to amend, drop, or defer. Uh, therefore, I believe we are good to rank. Let's go ahead and start with Commissioner Cerrone. Uh, okay, so... Uh, okay, so we're just giving you a number as we go down the... Uh, all right, number C2205, I ranked it at number two. 2205. The top one. Yeah, the top one. I'm, I'm just going from the top one down. And then uh, uh, the next one ranked it as one, 2302, 2304. Uh, Number three, 2402. Number five, uh, 2404. Number eight, because it's so expensive. And uh, when we talk about what's going above and below the line, I think it's a good idea, but when we talk about We'll have to throw out all the rest of them to do that if we want. Sherwood advice that advocacy is not in order during a voting procedure. Okay. Uh, 2405 is four. 2401, seven. 2402, six. Thank you. Next, we'll hear from Vice Chair Glacias. Okay, for uh, from top to bottom, it'll be one and then it is uh that's uh two and then six five i'm sorry number one i'm sorry if you're at the very top the first one i've that one for me was it's good i'm correcting this that's eight and then Perry Park is one. Um, this is seven. This is three. And what? Where were we left? Uh, four. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Commissioner Commissioner Davis. Okay. CDD twenty two dash zero five is three. CDD 23-02 is two. 23-04 uh, is five. 
CDD 24-02 is 7, 24-04 is 8, 24-05 is 4, ESD 24-01 is 6, and that leaves us with a 1. Next up, Commissioner Shukla. Thank you. So it's a six, then one, three, seven, eight, four, five, and two. Thank you, Commissioner Howard. Uh, press your microphone button. Oh, okay. thank you. I, I actually could just do it directly and I spaced on that, but proceed. Good to know. 8472. Six, five, three, one. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Chair Pine. Thank you. Uh, 8175 And Commissioner Howe. Um, And we'll just wait to make sure, I don't think there are going to be any ties, but let's just wait to make sure we have our ranking in order. We have no ties. This is, do we accept the ranking as? And so the ranking, I will just state for the record, is first CD 23-02, uh, Consider General Plan Land Use Designation Amendments for 26 Legal Nonconforming Dwellings. Second, ESD 24-02, Evaluate Adopting Transit Supportive Policies. Third, ESD 24-01, evaluate the use of artificial turf versus living ground cover. Fourth, CD 24-05, review and evaluate appeals fees and process. Sixth, CDD, sorry, fifth, 
CDD 24-02, evaluate the creation of a dark sky ordinance for all private property. Six, CD 23-04, explore expanding the art and public development code to include a public art requirement for high density residential developments. Seventh, uh, CD 24-04, for Peary Park specific plan amendment and ACD 20-05 with serum modifications regard to the code re related to undergrounding utilities. Uh, is there objection to accepting this as the planning commission ranking? Seeing and hearing none, uh, that will be the order. And could staff just put that on the screen again so any commissioners that want to take pictures can? Thank you. And that concludes our study issue portion of the agenda. Standing item consideration of potential study issues. We just considered a bunch of study issues. Uh, Commissioner Howe, for what purpose? I want Commissioner comments. Okay, non-agenda items and comments. This portion of the agenda is for oral reports and announcements by commissioners and staff to share information. Commissioner comments. Uh, do any not plan commissioners have any non-agenda items or comments? Commissioner Howe. Yeah, I'd just like to just mention, and hopefully it's the whole planning commission, but I would like to make the comments and I'd ask that they be put in the minutes that Rebecca Moon has represented this legal department in the city of Sunnyvale and this planning commission extremely well for quite a number of years. She has consistently been very, very helpful to the commission and I'd like to thank her. And if that's all of the planning commission, that's fine. Sean, at least my comments, I want you to take to um, uh, Rebecca and tell her what I said or similar. And I would like them in the minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Howard. Amen, Commissioner Howe. Thank you very much, Rebecca Moon. And congratulations. Thank you. And the chair would like to associate himself with the prior comments made. Commissioner Davis. Yeah, I would just like to thank everyone who called in uh, with their comments on the study issues. Um, these rankings are really hard. Uh, sorry, I, I was a judge at a, a speech and debate tournament yesterday. And so I feel like I've just been doing nothing but rankings for the last 48 hours. Uh, they're, they're really hard. In my mind, there were really a lot of ties and so on. Um, and uh, I think you see a lot of variation in how we rank things, and that's because things were, were very close in all of our minds. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I see no other commissioner hands. Uh, so we go to staff comments. Playing officer, do you have any non-agenda items or comments? Chair Pine, if I may, if there's a possibility we can go back to the study issue item and have the commission take a motion on the ranking. Was it not okay to do that by general consent? I think we actually need a motion from you. Sorry, Chair Pine. I thought we could just do it by general consent because I'm pretty sure we've done that in the past, but okay. Uh, we will go back to the study issue item. Uh, 
Commissioner Howe. Briefly, I move that we accept the rankings as was presented on the board as the Planning Commission's rankings for the study issues. Thank you, Commissioner Davis. I second that motion. Thank you. Is there any debate? Seeing and hearing none, recording officer, please conduct a roll call vote. Yes, Commissioner Shukla. Yes. Chair Pine. Yes. Vice Chair Iglesias. Yes. Commissioner Howard. Yes. Yes. Commissioner Davis. Yes. Commissioner Howe. Yes. Commissioner Cerrone. Yes. The motion passes with seven yeses. Thank you. Okay, that item is resolved. So let's go back to non-agenda. Planning officer, do you have any non-agenda items or comments? Uh, yes, just to chair um, on, let's see, as George mentioned on January 30th, the urgency ordinance for the by right approvals will be going to city council. And then the land use and transportation element village center uh, item will go to city council on February 27th. And that concludes staff's comments. Thank you. That brings us to adjournment. This meeting of the Sunnyvale Planning Commission is adjourned at 8.40 p.m. And I want to thank everyone for your participation in tonight's meeting.